Welcome to, or welcome back to the Flowcast. This is the podcast for information and inspiration on your journey to finding your flow. My name's RJ, and I'm joined by my co-host, Telsey. Together, we explore topics surrounding flow, as well as lead by example for our own passions and those of the guests that we interview. So let's dive right in. This week's episode of the Flowcast is brought to you by the new online course platform at flowacademy.ca. The Flow Academy's first course is a free wellness challenge week that you can take part in. It's five days of content to help challenge you to stay healthy, happy, and stress-free at home. And you can go to flowacademy.ca now to sign up and get access immediately to the first day of content. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Flowcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm here. And also we've got the audio, hopefully everything's recording okay. We are going to have Nadim Jawani on the show soon. He's a friend of mine from Float Valley in Markham. He was one of my mentors getting into the float industry showed me a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff on how floating and the industry and the business works. And so I've got him for the first remote session of any guest outside of the city of Peterborough so or the surrounding area. So this is the first Flowcast that is leaving our hometown and going to new and exciting places. So on this episode, we're going to talk to Nadim. I want to get into a little bit about his background. Uh, I know he worked for the, in, a, in the float industry for quite a few years before opening his own place, which is running very successfully in Markham. And he's got some interesting stories about some long floats that he's taken part in. And then he's also started a new CBD business. So we'll definitely touch on some of that and kind of how it relates to floating and what he's doing with this new business that can function a lot more online than the float center can. I also know Nadim is an avid Tony Robbins fan, and I actually ran into him at the Power of Success seminar last fall he spotted me in the crowd so i want to kind of touch on some of his experience around some of the events he's been to for tony robbins because i know he's been to quite a few of them and then we'll just go from there all right can you hear me okay how's it going rj good how are you nadim good good awesome all right, so we are going. I was just kind of warming up the microphone and making sure that everything was sounding good for this. And cool. uh, yeah, I am recording from home today, so I'm hoping that the uh, the internet will will hold out on us because it's okay. uh, not as good as at the spa. I've got better uh, internet there, but um, trying this out anyway. So cool. yeah, looks like are you you're at the spa often. Or? Part of me. Are you at your spot often? I mean, I'm going there every day, you know, to like run the filters and, and check on yeah. the place and, and all of that. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's like we don't really get, uh, you know, a break away from it entirely at this point. Yeah, the maintenance is, maintenance is ongoing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how's that going with you, though? Um, Not too bad. I mean, I've tried to like put some of the tanks into like more of a maintenance mode. So that there's less heat and um, less maintenance yeah. overall, but I still have to put in the hydrogen peroxide and then kind of put in like a couple other chemicals once every week or once every week and a half. Yeah, uh, just make sure it's good. The other the other day, one of one of the heaters went out in one of our tanks, and I didn't realize. Oh, so when it came in, the pump wasn't turning, and I was like, oh, and I look in the water, and there's salt forming. And I was like, oh, so I had to go in, fix it all up. Um, it, it wasn't too bad because I at least I'm coming in every day. 
Yep. But if I had I left it for a couple of days, then I probably would have had to replace the pumps. Yeah, that's yeah. scary stuff. It's like I, I actually came in the other day and uh, the, the breaker had tripped on one of mine, um, like a power surge or whatever had tripped the breaker. So the temperature yeah. was down in one of my float tanks too, but uh, okay. uh, I was able to, it, it wasn't super low. So I don't think like there wasn't any salt that had formed or anything yet, but that that's was lucky. Um, Cause yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the, the scary things I've seen that happening with some of the, the float center owners is uh, you know, there's, salt forming in their their filtration systems and stuff because they turn the temperature maybe down too much too much Um, or they're not running it enough i guess yeah so something that i'm definitely trying to do as well well. yeah yeah but yeah so it's uh definitely difficult and strange times for us being float center owners but yeah um, so i i kind of gave a little bit of a, a prelude into this like you jumping on just so that anybody listening in would kind of have a head start, but you've been, um, you've been in, in the float industry basically since early in your university years, I believe working in, yeah. uh, in Waterloo, was it? In Waterloo. Yeah. I was working at uh, float KW. Yeah. So you spent like what, seven, how many years were you working there for that? I was actually just working there uh, just for a year uh, before before we started uh, thinking about Float Valley and the planning process for that. Uh, so it was my second or, th- or second last or last year at uh, university that I started working there. Um, cool. And then cool. after that, Float Valley. So once I came out of school, Float Valley was the next thing. And uh, how did how did you first hear about floating, or what was it that got you? A friend of mine actually turned me on to it. Um, told me to go and check out Float Toronto, the guys downtown. Um, this was maybe like my second year of university and I was just kind of getting into a little bit more of the spirituality realm and meditation and things like that. And they're like, oh, you should go check this out. And I watched some videos on it and people were like, well, this is having some really profound experiences in the tank. And I was really intrigued. And so I went to Float Toronto. I tried out my first float there. Yeah, um, yeah. It was great. Um, it wasn't that profound experience that I was expecting, um, but it was very relaxing. And towards the end, I noticed a little bit of something different. Um, I didn't really know what it was, but when I came out, I felt super, super relaxed and kind of just calm, but also energized mentally. So it was a really nice combo. And then I continued floating and as it went on and on, then it started to get a lot better, a lot quicker. And then those profound experiences did happen and did occur. And now they happen all the time, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. I actually, I found I had a really good first float experience. I think um, to some extent I had a hard time turning my brain off because I had already like, I'd been, um, I mean, that was after five or so years of consistent meditation for me. So, I mean, I was already well-versed in kind of that, that deep meditation experience and being able to get relaxed. And so when I went into my first float, I mean, I, I had the, you know, the time dilation and lost track of time. And so that was kind of, I don't know, that was the best part of it, but, you know, feeling super relaxed afterwards. Um, and, uh, and so, I mean, I think it was cause like, I'd already like a lot of people do as well, hype yourself up to the experience of what your first float's going to be like. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, I, I was, I was, you know, sold on it, but, um, yeah. When there's such a large mental factor, I find that like just getting for, for any of those experiences is the best to go in with like no no mind at all or no thoughts or no preconceived notions of what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Someone tells you it's going to be amazing. Your mental state's going to be like, it's going to be amazing. And then that doesn't actually allow it to be amazing, which is unfortunate, but that's kind of how it works. So. It's, it's a really great point. And uh, I mean, in we don't typically talk too much about floating in this podcast, but it is kind of suitable with having you on um, to kind of dive into a little bit more of that stuff. But um, yeah, that's the, it is the challenging thing that we always try to do. And whether it's me or somebody else that's at the front desk, kind of like reading people in, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, to what extent do you share, like what your experience has been with floating because it may, yeah, it's going to lead to these sort of expectations sometimes that's uh, that's the challenging battle with, getting people in more often because just like whether it's physio or massage or anything like once is great, but you've got to consistently do that practice of wellness to actually get those deeper benefits from it. 
For sure. And I find that with, with a lot of wellness activities that you really got to give yeah. it a shot more than once to see the benefits and for your body to get used to it and for you to get adapted to it. Because otherwise, like you can go for cryotherapy and you might hop in, hop right out and you'll be like, uh, that was that was OK. I just froze for a second during <laughs> sit and feel the benefits and then when you go a couple more times and you can actually stay in the cold for longer you come out you're like well now i understand yeah totally i know you're in um you're also a big wim hof fan so that's uh something that i kind of wanted to talk a bit more about today too because it's uh something that i from basically from the get-go of wanting to create some sort of wellness center um, like cryotherapy, not just for sports recovery, but also because of that interest in what Wim Hof's doing and the power of power of breath and the power of cold for for our bodies is um, is something we've we've been talking a lot more about on the podcast as well lately. Just because um, Telsey's not here today, but she usually um, or she just started a couple months ago consistently doing the cold plunges and has found like a huge. Uh, a huge driver of of just this amazing feeling afterwards right yeah you feel like you can conquer the world <laughs> yeah i i often i mean i definitely feel like it's it's like um it's like a cup of coffee without the the jitteriness or the the anxiety or anything it's just it's really powerful especially if it's towards the end of the day to try to maybe you know get a few more hours of work done or something or just not to feel totally run down after being at work for 12 or 14 hours that day. It's Absolutely. something that kind of helps to, to end the day off really well. I definitely like to do it that way. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your like routine look like for um, like the cold plunges? Are you doing it weekly, daily? What's it kind of evolved into since you first started? So when I first started, I started with the just the cold showers, um, and I found that was a good way to ease myself into it. Um, going straight into the ice baths probably not something I'd recommend if you've never done a cold shower. Um, it's good to like you know get the feel for what it's going to be like. It is going to be a bit painful. Um, so um, I started with the cold showers. I would just kind of like towards the end of my warm shower, I would turn it as far cold as I could go, <clears throat> and then after a couple months, it just got to the point where I could go all the way to the furthest cold and then I kind of just try to sit with that for as long as I can yeah. so my routine in the morning is to do a cold shower right after I get out of bed so I'll just brush my teeth and then go into the cold sh uh, warm shower first but then into the cold right after I find that's the kind of like sets my day right um, and so I do that first I try to get a minute and a half in where I'm getting all the cold water on different parts of my body so that it's kind of even in that sense um, and then in terms of the ice baths, I try to do those maybe like once a week or once every two weeks. Lately, I haven't had a chance to do it as much just because of how things are going. But yeah. um, we do have an ice bath at Full Valley here and we just kind of run some sessions at the back. Um, those are nicer in a sense that because the cold is kind of enveloping your whole body, um, you get a much pure feeling. And when you come out, it's a much stronger effect because it's a lot colder too. Um, I know you guys have the temperature controlled tanks, right? Or the yeah. hubs. And so those are even colder than what I can get in the summer here outside. And so um, the effects from the ice baths is even better than that of the showers. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, and you guys also do uh, a lot of, or you fairly often do the, um, the actual like Wim Hof instructor classes <laughs> with, I think, is it Dan that does them at your place? Yep, Dan Coniglio, he comes in and it's like a five-hour workshop and kind of goes through the breathing and the science behind it, there's some yoga, and then the ice bath to finish it off. Yeah, it's super cool. I've been, I've been um, hopefully, you know, maybe by this summer being able to uh, get one of the local Wim Hof instructors to to do more of those at um, at our place too. Cause is there someone is, in Peterborough? Um, there's nobody in Peterborough, but... Uh, there is, I don't know, Dan's fairly close, but there's, I don't know if you know, um, Ashley at all. I've heard, I've heard Ashley, like Ice Plunge, right? I know. Yeah, 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 that's right. Ashley, Ice, Ice Plunge. Um, <laughs> she's, she's done one at the local college here. And I think, I don't know if she used to live in Peterborough, but she's, she came through, um, sometime last year and okay. I met her there. Um, but yeah, she's. She's kind of done some stuff in the local area, so she might be the the right one to reach out to and uh, sure. and go from there. 
I mean, yeah, you can become certified. I, it's it's I'm I've done the uh, have you done the fundamentals course? I've done the course, yes. So I did that, but you know, it's like a two year waiting list to get to the next level. It's crazy. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, and I, it probably delayed even more now that we've had all those kinds of um, seminars and things canceled in the the near future. For sure. Uh, so at least for the time being, that's why I haven't gone further like i i do work with sort of athletes that are doing contrast therapy between hot and cold um a little bit more than just like the the wim hof style um of stuff are you guys going from sauna to ice bath kind of thing we have a we more so there's a there's actually a hot tub as well in the like the sports recovery room so yeah it works a lot better than going from the sauna because you know with the infrared sauna being dry heat like it takes a bit of time to warm back up or heat back up after being in the cold water yeah. and so i find it much more effective to do like the contrast baths cool and so how do you do it um i like to do so kind of based off of what most of the research behind contrast suggests is um a one to two ratio of hot to cold so you do for example like 60 seconds of hot uh, two minutes of cold, go back and forth for around 20 to 30 minutes. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, that's the prescribed routine that I typically do. I usually, I find that um, whether it's for myself or somebody else that's going to do it, like I like to spend a couple of minutes in the hot tub first, okay. not too long, just because I, it, it seems like the cold is that much harder to uh, endure if you've been in the hot for, for you know, uh, like five or 10 minutes, but just a few minutes to kind of like relax and get ready and, and, uh, and kind of get my breathing sort of calmed down before going into the cold. And then I'll kind of alternate and always ending on cold is the way I go about doing it. Okay. Um, just so that you're not like kind of taking away some of that beneficial effect by like ending on hot again. Like you yeah. want your body to actually like ramp up the metabolism, you know, heat itself back up and natural heating. Yeah. So and that's what temperature a, do you, sorry. What temperature do you keep your hot tub at? It's um, so it's at one Oh four kind of like, like okay. the safe, uh, yeah, the safe upper limit. Or, I mean, well, we, uh, we actually like, they're not, they're like those, um, Japanese soaking tubs that are like the oval shaped ones. Okay, so yeah. we actually fill them with fresh water every time. So it's not like it's always kept at 104. It's like I dump and refill it kind of thing. So okay. uh, 104 is what it's at for like whenever somebody's in it though, just as like the safe kind of upper limit. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the cold tub for myself, like kind of around the, the 40 to 42 degree range. Okay. Um, is what I typically keep it at. It can go down to like 36 at its lowest. Yeah. And uh, and then it depends on if who it is, how experienced they are. Like I find that um, I agree with starting with the cold showers kind of challenge that Wim Hof even presents um, for the first, you know, 30 days or whatever. Get yeah. yourself used to going longer and longer in the cold. Yeah. But I also find that as long as you're above that pins and needles range, so around like 50 degree water or, yeah. or 50, 55, kind of like the Tony Robbins cold plunge temperature okay. range, um, that's sort of doable by most people okay. and, and feels not so bad that uh, that's kind of where people can start out if they do want to do it and they don't have a ton of experience with like the cold plunges. But I also do like the, uh, yeah, whether it's, having the infrared sauna nearby or the hot tub, as long as you've got that hot water, just so you're not, you know, as even as Wim says, like you never want to reach that shivering point. Yeah. So having, having something that's warm that you can get back into to reheat is, is key to, to making it like a safe and comfortable experience. That's really, that's really cool. And it's nice that you can temperature control like that and kind of play around with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's not like a, it's not like a, uh, the, the chiller itself isn't super expensive. It's just getting kind of like the configuration so that it, it looks appealing and stuff. So it's in like an actual separate room, um, in, in our place so that it's not visible or, 
or running like this basically like running an air conditioner next to the tub or anything like that yeah i've seen some some rigs where people have their like like an air conditioner kind of thing cooling it and stuff yeah yeah which is kind of cool so how many you have do you have this in one room the two tubs okay yeah basically it's a room pretty much the size of like a float room that's uh that's got the sauna plus the the hot and cold tubs in it cool cool yeah that's awesome i gotta come by and check it out yeah for sure it's uh it, it's a it's a I, I like that setup a lot and it, it looks good like those the tubs that we've got are are uh, like cedar tubs so it yeah. still kind of keeps that like relaxing kind of spa okay. vibe to it okay. so yeah that's uh that's kind of the the setup and that we've got um so as far as as far as kind of opening up float valley went it was you you studied like business kind of stuff marketing I was in business and economics and i did psychology as well so they all oh, okay. kind of did well with floating yeah absolutely yeah like i i had more of like the psych and life science background but i think that psychology being kind of the the root of it is important also for for understanding kind of the the customers and and absolutely and also the benefits of all of this right it comes in psychology plays a big aspect i think in business and then also the physical aspect of the thing. yeah yeah totally um and so what was it that led you to wanting to run your own business has it always been kind of a dream or or yeah i kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit even since i was young and been really into like business was probably my favorite class in school and um i was in business plan competitions and things like that so i kind of definitely had like a a mindset towards doing business and my dad is also an entrepreneur and so i learned a lot of things from him um so kind of yeah i was kind of meant to do business i just didn't know exactly what it was yet cool. when i was in school though i had originally gone to school for computer science because i was really like, math was my thing when i was in high school and so i slowly kind of like segued out of that and into business and more into like practical applications and things like that so yeah, yeah. that's awesome um and then so it's been what about two years since Float Valley opened? Yeah, just about three now. Actually, we're coming up to three. Um, oh, awesome! So, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. That's uh, definitely. We just hit. I mean, before it, it was really unfortunate timing. We had just hit one year yeah. as of kind of things starting to shut down, and uh, and so it it took a lot of the wind out of our sail because I was seeing like it was finally after, you know, after this first Christmas, like month over month, it was kind of growing each month. And I was setting the goals to kind of beat the last month and keep progressing. And then things like as of March break, you know, just fell right off. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a downer. That's for sure. Especially when the momentum was so strong from Christmas, right? Yeah. Into the summer, I guess it was going to slow down. Like it's, it's going to slow down in June, July, August, but we don't know when things are going to start again so yeah um, yeah. it'll be an interesting summer because um it'll be interesting to see whether people are willing to spend will they spend on self-care will they not spend at all um that kind of thing um and just it's also summer so will they be outdoors and will they be enjoying or will they come inside and and meditate so yeah it's um it's so hard to say i think I, i at least um one of my thoughts is that you know, a lot of people will spend their time on vacations or, you know, at the at the cottage all summer. And I think there will be less of that this year because, well, for one, like cottage country isn't even opening for, it's going to be a delayed opening, but also people are probably going to need to be working and not taking those extended vacations this summer um, yeah. for the most part. So at least we provide something that gives them like a day kind of getaway or a half day or whatever where they can kind of reset that way so i'm hoping that there will be some positivity out of that but yeah once again it's who knows when it's going to open back up and and all of that but um it's also why well for part of it you know you've you've started to shift gears somewhat or at least kind of expand your your repertoire in in entrepreneurial endeavors with with this new cbd company yes flow cbd so it's uh what what kind of i mean 
it was you that inspired me even to look at the option of, of selling CBD at our uh, at our place and yeah. kind of getting you know researching more and seeing how it can benefit people. What was it that like inspired you to to kind of branch out and and bring in that offering? And I know you've told me that like your mission with with Flow CBD is it's going to be like you you want it to be the one that most the float centers are are kind of um recommending and and going with so yeah tell me more about that so we started um we started doing cbd at float valley maybe like a year and a half or two years ago um calyx is based in toronto so it was kind of like the obvious option um to choose them um yep. Flo toronto was using them as well and we we're using them for a while and it slowly started to become our most popular retail product and it started becoming like almost just as good as having a service there. So yeah. um, it was kind of the reason was is because CBD is so effective for so many different things. Um, people that are in pain, that are chronic pain or arthritis or a variety of different things that are using medications um, to alleviate this pain are able to use CBD instead. Um, it's a lot more natural. There's you know, very little side effects um, and it's just kind of easier on the body. And so a lot of the people were coming in um, in chronic pain, debilitating pain, and able to use either to come in to float and kind of relieve themselves that way, or they're able to take the CBD home with them um, and then use it on an ongoing basis and be able to get day-to-day -day relief. Um, and so we found it was kind of like an extension to Float Valley in the sense that people could come in and they could feel really good when they're here, but then we give them something to take home with them and they can use that until they come back again. And so um, it got really popular. And just lately, like I guess in the last four months, we started thinking about doing our own line. Like I have a couple of friends that are into the CBD industry. And so I partnered with them and been able to kind of create this product and do the branding and all that. And uh, we're just, <clears throat> we just launched our website a little while ago and um, things are going pretty well. Yeah, people are really, really enjoying the product. Um, we've been shipping out orders across Canada. And so um, it's going really well. And as things start to open again and the float centers open again, I'm hoping that we'll be able to get Flow CBD in a variety of float centers and find ways to kind of pair it with floating. So people will come in, they can either bring their CBD bottle that they had before, or they can um, grab one in the shop um, and they, before their float, they can have some CBD. It's very fast acting, kind of just... Yeah. The sublingual goes under your tongue. Um, it's a tincture form, so it does act pretty quickly. So they could take it maybe 10 minutes before their float. And once they get into the session, they will feel the benefits. Their mind will relax a lot more. Their muscles will relax. And they'll, get, they'll feel that deep meditative experience sometimes, even when they're not expecting it or they're not mentally ready for it. The CBD kind of eases them in and makes them have that great time. So um, it's good for floats because in the sense that, like I said, the first one is sometimes a little bit difficult for people. Yeah. And this is something that could definitely ease that. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there, um, I, I was thinking, you know, as you told me about this and the, the kind of goal of having it in float centers, is, is that what you see the best option being where a customer would kind of have the CBD that's already theirs where they purchase it at the spa? Um, is, or is there another way, like, have you thought of a way to have like, you know, an intro sample. Like I, I remember the, I think the first float I did at, at Float Valley, you guys have the, uh, the kava there. Right. Oh, and, yeah. um, is, is there, is there any other way to like provide or offer it as like a sample? So yeah, we were something we were thinking about developing soon. So right now we just started with the tincture and which, which is more of a, like a long-term use thing rather than a one-time use. Um, but we could make we can make probably packets or some kind of capsule or something like that that people could have just as a one-time use. It could be provided at the front desk for maybe a couple dollars or just for as a complimentary thing, and um, that would then help them get into the session just like the Cava does. Um, and then afterwards, they can decide if they wanted to purchase it or not. So yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. we've definitely been thinking of, and I think that's a it's a great idea. If there's any, if you have any ideas, then please let me know as well. Yeah, I'll keep thinking about it, but some. I was thinking something like that um, makes makes sense to me. I don't know how like practical it would be to to provide like I, I, it's funny, you know. The first thought to my mind is like, well, it's not a very practical one, but it's like you're dropping like drops into people's mouths and like that doesn't yeah. really work. But some there's got to be another solution that could work. Some kind of some type of one time time use thing. Yeah, I find people are a little bit more adverse to 
like trying something out of just like a bottle or something, but when it's packaged and it's single use, then yeah. people are a lot happier with that. So. Yeah. So I'm sure there's, there's kind of like a, a way to figure, figure out how to go about that. Um, mm-hmm. Something else that, you know, with <clears throat> kind of related to the CBD that I find quite fascinating and it's the, the central theme of the podcast is all about the flow state, which mm-hmm. I think, I, I think you've read, you've read stealing fire, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're, you're fairly well-versed in kind of like the concept of flow, but um, I know that those guys like Stephen Cutler and I think um, they, they have like the flow research collective. They yeah. were actually, curious about investigating the relationship between cbd and flow um, and i think so far the research has been pretty inconclusive like it's not really doing what they were hoping it would but i mean it's still um i think it's still useful as far as like a tool for kind of getting into to flow in some ways you know if somebody is anxious they're going to have a much harder time because you're not really in that state to be focused and, and present for whatever it is that you kind of get into flow with but um so that's one way i can kind of right off the bat see how it would work and, and help but with with that we kind of like to talk about like what is what is your flow what kind of things get you into that state of sort of optimal consciousness yeah well, I find like doing combinations of the, of wellness activities to be probably the most effective thing for me. So whether or not it's doing my cold shower in the morning, I like, I, I'll try to combine a couple of things in the beginning of my day to have a really strong morning routine. Yeah. And I find that puts me into a really nice headspace so that when I sit down and start working or I want to get into some kind of flow state, it just becomes effortless. Um, and so what I do in the morning is usually the cold shower to start. Um, and then I have a vitamin D lamp. So I get some kind of like Either I'm getting going outside and getting fresh air and sunlight or in the winters I'm able to use the lamp um, and then that kind of gives me I don't know it kind of makes you feel like you're you've been in the sun and you've been outside so it gives you that that kind of feeling and then I would go and, and do a workout usually something that'll make me sweat for about an hour um, if I don't work out then maybe I'll do something like a sauna or a float um, and post after that either I'll eat or I will just start working and I find that um, if I don't eat, so I intermittent fast, um, those are like very powerful hours for me. So when I, after my workout's done, I'll get into like a workflow for maybe like two or three hours before I actually start to become hungry. And those are very powerful hours um, yeah. in my work time. So I find that work just becomes like, it's a lot more efficient. It's put into a much smaller timing, but a lot more gets done that way. And I guess that's the whole benefit of being in flow. Um, and then, um, yeah, I'll eat my first meal. Um, I usually try to eat something lighter so that my body's not doing too much digestion um, so that the energy levels stay high and I can continue to work for a couple more hours before I usually just kind of call it about like when the sun goes down, usually seven or eight o'clock. Um, yeah. And then I have my bigger dinner and then try to go to bed around 11, 30, 12 if I can. Yeah. What time do you normally wake up at? I try to get about either like six hours or seven and a half hours of sleep, somewhere between there. I find if I get less or more than that, then I'm a little bit groggy. Yeah. Um, so I kind of found that sweet spot. Um, I use like a fitness tracker. Um, so basically that tracks my sleep and that's able to, how I got those numbers. And I find that over time, I'm, every morning I wake up and I'll check the, the tracker and it'll tell me how my sleep was, what time I went to bed and what time I woke up and how much deep sleep I got. And so over time, that's kind of been able for me to, realize that I, this is the amount of time that I need and formulate a plan based off that. Yeah. Very cool. I, uh, I forgot to even like lead in with it, but you're really into kind of biohacking and that's your, you know, your Instagram ha- handle yes. biohack theme. And, uh, it's become kind of the thing that, uh, yeah, you're definitely like standing out with, with doing, but that's a, that's a really solid, I've been talking lately a lot about, morning routines um encouraging people to kind of dial it in because we're in this interesting time where uh, a lot of people don't have to be somewhere specifically so you can actually make use of this time in a productive way by looking at how you want to incorporate some of these these strategies into your routine and see what works for you and Mm -hmm. so that's that's a really solid routine if anybody's 
kind of thinking of what they can include that that right there is, is perfect and i've noticed the same thing with um with what time i eat breakfast and and, and as far as productivity goes i uh <clears throat> um i i also to some extent at least like follow um like a, a sort of uh sort of like time restricted window for eating you know so typically um around like that not necessarily like a super extended fast but you know somewhere around like the 14 14 hour range is is typically good for me and mm-hmm. i find the same thing it's like when when that breakfast is too soon or too large it, it can really impede that workflow in the morning and and kind of getting those those deep work hours in that that are super important if you're trying to accomplish bigger things Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of the effort in your, in your body just goes towards digestion and yeah. that's making you really like slower or groggy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and then, yeah, it was also interesting, you know, how you kind of stack together different things to create flow with, and, and with like the wellness kind of the movement and, and everything. I think that's, um, I think that's key to a lot of people too, is to kind of keep that in mind that, Sometimes it's not necessarily just like one, one thing, but it's like the culmination of the pieces can, can get you into more of like a flow through your whole day. And I think that's, um, you know, that's kind of the, it's kind of like the ultimate goal. It's not necessarily just flow in one area of your life, but mm-hmm. doing it in, in as many areas as possible to kind of find that ultimate meaning and what, what things are making the biggest difference for you. For sure. Yeah. And I find that even sometimes I'll feel like, you know, in the morning, I don't, I, I don't need to do the cold shower. I don't, I'm feeling really good already. Like I could start working, but then I know that if I started working at that time, the work just wouldn't be as efficient. And I'd probably end up jumping around in a bunch of different places and not actually be that focused on what I need to do. And so even if I spend that extra hour or two hours to get ready, it'll make itself up kind of thing in the work time. Once you it's a It's a great point. I am. Um, I've, started to realize that more since I, I started doing um like a six day a week at home workout routine mm-hmm. and uh and prior to this you know I kind of kind of threw a lot of stuff out the window in the first year of business kind of saying like it's all got to just be like work non-stop mm-hmm. um and in the first year for sure <laughs> yeah and, and like you want to as well because you're dedicated to making sure that all this effort you've put in is is going you know it's not going to be for naught because you're you're doing absolutely everything you can to to help the business grow and be successful but um starting to realize through this time at least for myself that prioritizing a little more frequently like the workouts and stuff is actually like a beneficial thing whereas prior to like i was kind of worried that i was draining myself of energy by by you know working out too hard or whatever i wouldn't have the same mental capacity to perform Mm -hmm. but it's actually uh um and and i think it does depend to some extent like i can't always do super heavy sort of like strongman workouts because those do drain a lot of of sort of that that energy and not necessarily the willpower but just like the mental capacity when you're trying to be at a hundred percent. Um, but it does make a big difference if it's, if it's just like a, a mix of, you know, strength and endurance training. So what are you doing right now um, at home? Yeah. So, um, like I've been, I've been doing the, the precision nutrition at home, um, workout program. It's like a 14 day plan. And, uh, and so that's what I've been doing. I do have like a full, like, strongman set up gym in the backyard but so i i haven't really unpacked it all from the winter just because the weather's been dragging on kind of miserably so that's probably gonna change by this weekend i've gone through basically the last three weeks i've been doing this like 14 day plan kind of did the the first two weeks and now i'm back on week one the end of week one and um it was very challenging. Like I don't always do sort of enough of like the, 
the lunges and the endurance kind of like uh, strength training. So it has been a decent challenge for me that I've really actually appreciated. Nice. And is it all stuff that you can just do without any props? Like you don't need any weights or... Um, there are a few things that's like recommended. They actually in the videos kind of showcasing each each um, thing. They just use a backpack for like the bent over rows with one arm or whatever, okay. or okay. like the or like the single leg deadlifts. They just use a backpack. I have a kettlebell in here that I use for those things. But um, yeah, all they all they suggest is like a, if you do need the external resistance to add just like a backpack or um, if you've got like a dumbbell, you could use that. But not a whole lot required and not a whole lot of space required either. Got it. Yeah. So I've been, I've been enjoying that. It's definitely like been working up more of a sweat than like some of my, my strength based workouts where it's like, you're just going in and deadlifting or, or overhead pressing. And it's not always, uh, not always something that gets your body feeling super, um, I don't know if sweaty like this does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's totally different. I guess you're doing a lot of one rep kind of things too, right? Typically a lot of lower rep stuff. So this, um, yeah, like today it was eight straight minutes of, of uh, push-ups and, and goblet squats for like a single set. So um, so you do eight reps, eight reps and back and forth. So it is, it's definitely challenging stuff. That's That's tough. How long is it? Like an hour it takes you? Those, the, it was, I think pretty much all of the workouts are just three sets. So usually, um, usually they're 30 minutes to an hour. Like this one, you know, with, with eight minutes for the three sets is just 24 minutes, essentially like 20 plus rest. So this one was a bit shorter, but some of them where there's uh, like the multiple circuits for multiple rounds, um, sometimes between four and eight rounds they take upwards of an hour. So yeah, it's, uh, it depends on like which workout it is between 30 minutes and an hour. Wow. Which nice. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of my, that's like my limit of my, I wouldn't say attention span, but before I, I, I like to, I like to work in the morning. Um, yeah. so I don't like to not really waste. I don't like to spend much more than an hour before I'm ready to like get to, down to work and, and, feel productive for the day. I'm the same. Once it gets around to 50 minute mark, I'm starting, my mind starts going in other places. I'm not yeah. really focused on sets as much anymore. Yeah. You feel um, good, right? So kind of, you're like, all right, let's go. Let's start working now. For sure. But something yeah. I have actually, uh, this past week I've been experimenting with, which has been super effective for me is, um, have you heard of the app Freedom? No. It, it's, it's essentially, it blocks, you know, it blocks your internet, it blocks your access to social media, it blocks all of the stuff so that you can only work on like a word processor or edit video or whatever on offline. And okay. uh, I've been, I've been testing it out this week and it's made like a, a really big difference in that, that, um, I don't know, that sort of thought in the back of your mind that you ought to be checking your inbox or something. Because yeah. you can't, it literally, if it's on your desktop, it closes down the, the, um, the window before you can even get it to open. It won't load up. So it's been, it's been kind of cool. I think, um, I think I like it as part of my morning routine to just sort of offload some of that, that, um, mental processing that, oh, I need to do this. It's like, you're not allowed to, like, it literally won't let you in. So, yeah. so your mind's uh, like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And so after a few days, I've kind of gotten used to the fact like, oh, I'm not going to be able to check my email until 1030. So I might as well get something done. Cool. I like that. So you have it on your phone and your computer? Yeah. So this app, so Freedom, um, works on like all different devices. Okay. So it basically you just, you know, log in on one thing. And then when you select to start a session or you can schedule it every day. So for this week, I've been scheduling scheduling at the same time, um, mm -hmm. and it literally like locks out all of your devices for that time frame. Cool. Yeah. yeah let me play around with that. That sounds yeah. Like so it's, what's your what's your timing that you lock it out? Um, right now, I've been doing it from eight a.m. till ten thirty. 
Okay. Um, like I don't, I don't ever check email before that. And I, like I've got enough self-discipline to not worry, but um, mm-hmm. that time is where I keep the at least internet access, so I can download. You know, if I usually have breakfast in that time frame, so I'll download like a podcast to listen to for breakfast, okay. um, or or whatever else. I've actually been um, kind of this past month. I've actually been doing um, Tony Robbins' Personal Power too. Oh, nice. Okay. So um, that's been my 7 a.m. kind of thing. So I'm usually up at like 6, even without an alarm. Like I've been, when the sun comes up, like I'm awake. So it's it's like 6.15 is when I kind of get up, even yeah. without the alarm. Um, and then by 7 is when I've been starting Personal Power 2 for about an hour is what it takes usually. Mm-hmm. And then my internet's cut off, you know. So after that, um, I've got a few hours to do kind of, focus work before checking into my inbox. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's really good. I'm trying to definitely trying to wake up earlier. So that's something I'm working on. Yeah. It's uh are you more of a morning person or like, do you, I think, I think I function better in the morning, but I also like, I also am quite active at night. So I find that it, it's like, I have to, I have to kind of cut myself off in one of those areas to be yeah. able to, to be so it's just like i think obviously waking up earlier is a healthier thing i've just been accustomed to like our shop closes at 11 so sometimes right. i'm too late and then i'll just end up waking up later and then come in around the afternoon after i go to the gym so it's just kind of that routine that i have to have to break up and yeah up. this is the best time to change routines so <laughs> it is it definitely is i i i kind of um i mean my my routine's actually a little bit earlier than it is too we usually we close at 10 but still if i'm the last one there at the end of the night sometimes i'm not out of there until 10 30 and mm-hmm. like i typically go to bed at 10 o'clock every night so that kind of has you know when the spa is up and functional is when i'm kind of my routines shifted sometimes a little bit later because um i i personally need at least eight hours of sleep to function properly Mm -hmm. and if i'm like training for a strongman competition it's more like eight and a half hours so uh that's kind of like what works for my body um so that's where it gets tricky you know if i if i am working till after 10 it's really hard to go home and go immediately to sleep which i sometimes do just because like i do like that morning routine so much um but it often shifts my, my sleep and everything by about a half hour or so, um, so that everything, but I actually, today was actually the last day of personal power too. So I'm, uh, now kind of, I've got that extra hour in the morning to, to be a little more, not, not that that was unproductive. It was actually really eye opening and, and a great experience. Good. Tony Robbins is pretty incredible person. (laughs) Yeah. And I know you're, uh, you're, you're a big fan too. Sure. Have you done any of the audio programs before? I haven't. I've heard good things about them. My dad's done them before, but I haven't myself. Just just the events I've been to. Cool. Yeah. I uh, like this was the first time I did one of the audio programs, and it's only because they're they're uh, I think they're forty percent off right now for forty. Yeah, I think it's forty percent for with everybody being at home. So I'm like, well, I'll I'll do one of those and check it out, and and. it was it's very similar i like you would recognize a lot of it having which which events have you done so i did unleash the power within um that was kind of like the well-rounded one with all different aspects and then i did business mastery mm-hmm. and then the one that i saw you at which was that day event yeah, yeah. That, that's cool um yeah i remember seeing a post on your instagram story about you being at business mastery which is yeah. which was uh sounds super cool and i was very curious about um and then yeah it was funny that you you just uh happened to be at that power of success seminar as well and and found me through the crowd i think and yeah you're a tall guy (laughs) yeah stood out but yeah i think um that's cool and your dad your parents were there too right yes yeah my dad's super into tony robbins that's actually how i got into it he had gone to uh i think he went to life mastery and then he's like, oh, we got to go. And then he's just been to all of them after that. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's definitely, it's interesting. Would you, would you ever attend any of those seminars that you've been to again? 
Actually, yeah, I find that I found that there's a lot of information being thrown at you just all day. And so to actually absorb all of that is very difficult. And there's a lot of the speakers that will come in also change during those sessions. So oh. I do any of them again. I would, it's, it's just like you come out of that feeling like a different person. So maybe it's not as much sometimes the knowledge, but just the environment that I was in for five days with the business mastery, with all these people who own their own businesses that had super, super energy that were just constantly like 12 hours, you're just cheering and screaming and like, you know, coming up with new business ideas. And it's just that kind of environment. You come out of it for weeks. I felt like I was on this like Tony Robbins high almost. Um, <laughs> it was really cool. And it kind of, it just shaped and changed the way I did a lot of things. I wasn't someone that you had an Instagram, like an Insta- personal Instagram account, but I found that during that business mastery that, um, having some kind of personal brand to feed your business brand really helps quite a bit. So whether or not you're lifting weights or you're doing biohacking or whatever, but just kind of something that shows like there's a personal aspect to this and then you can feed it into your business. And that was one of the takeaways that I got from Business Mastery and that's why I then created the account. So there's a lot that I learned from it, but also just like the feelings of coming out of those events are incredible. Cool. Yeah, the feelings definitely, um, I found it interesting, right? Because um i i've only been to that one day event um and so i mean kind of when i when i podcast and kind of reflected after that power of success i for one i wanted to go to it while tony you know he just turned 60 uh february 29th so i didn't want him and it was right he told a story about how he was like anemic and everything yeah and so yeah he's been through a lot and i was i didn't want to see him out of his prime i've heard a lot of people um go to his events merely for the fact that they want to see like how he does it which is really it's like it's like a spectacle like the way everything is properly organized and you know there's people following him around when he's walking (laughs) to make sure that he's taken care of and he's got his there's all these like straps he's wearing to monitor his vitals and he's got a team of doctors and things like that because he's just he's exerting so much energy on his body for those many days and he's doing that every single week of the year so he has to kind of like be watching everything yeah it's it's quite amazing but i definitely didn't want to miss out on experiencing it you know um just in case like his health starts declining more and so i was i was happy to have gotten that chance to like check it out and experience it i don't know if i necessarily do like the one day event again Mm -hmm. um i am kind of curious more about like upw um honestly those 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 multiple day events where it's tony's like tony's thing where the power of success wasn't necessarily just him it was like a bunch of people yeah it's very different just his energy is is crazy like even like what he'll do for business masteries he'll do one day on and then the next day he'll be somebody else and then he'll do another day on but those days where it's somebody else they'll play videos of him talking and it's it's almost just as good as the the live because there's so much energy coming from him you're like oh i'm just gonna it's tony robin i'm just gonna watch it and then you're I'm absorbing so much because he's got this like ferocious energy about him. Yeah. And so, yeah, his speaking and just, just going there to see him do his thing. It's amazing. And it's the UPW is the one with the firewalk, right? It is. Yeah. Did you yeah, take so part in that? I did. So it was on the first night. Um, so the first day, I think it was like a 15 hour day. We ended at like one or two in the morning. And the last thing that we did was this firewalk. Um, and there was like 50,000 people in the audience. And so they had set up about a hundred lanes of like 10 foot coals, basically of fire. And so everyone is like, he got everyone to like psych themselves up mentally to get into this state so that they can walk across the fire without feeling the pain. And so a couple of things he told us was one is that you should look up instead of looking down because looking up will help not make you think about what you're feeling as much. So when you look down, you're thinking about feelings. So that was one thing. And then you said in your head, repeat, cool moss, cool moss, cool moss, as you're walking across. So all you can think about is cool. And it works. Um, like I had no, I didn't feel any pain whatsoever. Walked across 10 feet and everyone, pretty much everybody did it. And it was like two in the morning. There was people that are older and there was kids and, and everybody did it. And uh, it was pretty cool. And everyone chanting so there's like 50,000 people leaving the convention center just 
chanting cool moss cool moss <laughs> and then that was it it took about an hour and a half to get everyone to finish it that's very cool yeah. um i i've noticed something similar actually with the just with the practice of the cold plunges where you know yeah. uh, once you I, i've said once you get to a state of being i call it like being good at it is where yeah. you can kind of pull yourself out of the state of shivering at any point just because you've you've gotten used to it your body's adapted yeah. and uh i've noticed that there's a, a point where you can kind of just tell yourself like it doesn't feel cold and it's not yeah which is it's really fascinating so that's a you know the flip side with heat is very that's super cool yeah it's very cool it's all mental these kind of things i find so yeah it's very it's very powerful uh uh, of things to look into but yeah even the uh even the audio program you know this one was recorded a long time ago um like you can tell just from his his voice is massively different okay. um yeah. but the the uh it, it gets you pretty amped up too like how different is this i was just wondering how is his voice different because i heard i heard a story about how it changed so how like what happened to make it different or what's it sound like yeah like like what happened to make it different like apparently i think it was like he he lost his voice and because he was speaking so much and his body unlocked like a secondary voice box and the combination now he uses two voice boxes and no one no other humans are able to access this voice box that he's been that's so means when you hear him now you can kind of hear almost two voices you hear like this gruff tone and then you hear his original voice i'm guessing but i, I don't know huh yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't heard that story. My um, my first thought was it was just a result of the pituitary tumor that he had. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, as as that growth hormones releasing, that makes his hands like massive. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. It would also affect things like that's He's got a huge head and everything like that yeah. would cause his his like vocal cords to grow. So yeah. my yeah. first that was like for the longest time my thought and belief was that it was because of his, just his vocal cords growing and everything. But then I got thinking about it more and what he does is very similar to what um, like metal singers do. And so that could, and so like yeah. I've you, anybody you, that sings metal or whatever over time, they get more of like that like gravelly voice and like yeah. there's scar tissue on the vocal cords and everything. Yeah. Um, and so my thought, I don't know if it's like, a secondary like voice box or if it's just like over time like he's used his voice so much in such like a loud and powerful way that it's started to um i guess essentially create damage to the to the, the, the yeah. vocal cords it's interesting so i i that's after listening to like this audio program i think it's a little bit more of that than just like something due to uh growth hormone because mm-hmm. i think I think that his tumor start, stopped growing um, at some point um, kind of early on in his days of being, you know, a, a success coach or whatever. So I don't think it's something that kind of kept going on throughout the, the later years. Um, so, yeah, but that's my, it's kind of my guess on it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Have you so thought yeah. about going have you thought about going to any events? I guess not not in the near future, but later on. Have you thought about is there any events that you specifically want to check out? Um, I mean, at first, I I I still I still think business mastery is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's applicable because you're you're in the yeah yeah the yeah. But also, I mean, my first goal, like my first goal about it was before I even knew the power of success thing was to go to UPW just because that's the one that I was most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I thought about it and I mean, after seeing him the one time, I'm not entirely sure that the whole uh, like audience thing is the proper learning environment for me, mm-hmm. which is why I actually like, you know, whether it's like an audio program or, or more like the online kind of courses yeah is actually something or or even in books is kind of how i learn better but the experience itself is super cool so 
Um, I don't know. At this point, it's still kind of on a list of dream goals of mine to accomplish is, mm-hmm. is going to another one of his events. But we'll see what happens in like the, the future as far as it goes. Yeah. Events are going to be an interesting thing going forward. I know. Like I've been hearing a lot more with with sort of the because I know you're you're big into music as well. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. like it's gonna be a long time before musicians and in and, and uh live live music opens back up. So it's gonna be very strange. Like we may have to wait even a year or more before we see that kind of go back to normal. Mm. Unfortunately, but that's okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. That's right. Um, so I guess kind of like the the final thing I wanted to touch on, which we've been doing with this this sort of virtual flowcast thing, with not being physically near each other, is kind of going through the sort of rapid fire tips of things. And you did cover that morning routine, so I, everybody should go back and listen to that multiple times. But what things are you kind of recommending people do or what are sort of the the things in your your routine right now specifically related to the circumstances that we're we're living in and how to kind of stay healthy at home and and all of that yeah for sure so i mean staying keeping your immune system strong is probably the best thing like your body can can fight off a lot of viruses and things like that as long as it has the right resources and it's in a good state to do so um, so I find that's something that I use. I, I'm definitely taking my continue taking supplements. So I take vitamin C. Um, I take some immune boosters, like um, uh, what's it called? Different variety of mushrooms and things like that. Have you heard of yeah. Onnit before? Yep. Yeah. So you take an Onnit uh, daily pack. Um, I find that kind of gives me um, everything that I need in terms of supplements. Um, drinking a lot of water. Um, trying to making sure that you're sweating, like detoxing, and and um, doing some kind of physical activity. It really helps keep the immune system strong, getting a really good night's sleep. Um, yeah, and nutrition, diet, sleep. It's pretty much that's pretty much my recommendations. Yeah. Yeah, that's those are definitely like the main keys. Um is there anything else you wanna talk about? Hmm. Well, I guess you know what for in terms of in terms of detox, people I don't know if you have any other suggestions for what people could do because some people find that they don't have an infrared sauna or they don't have a way to get that heat. Um, and sometimes they don't want to do a workout. Um, they, maybe they're sore or they're injured. Um, do you have any suggestions on how people can detox otherwise? Um, it, it's funny because the uh, it's not yet super applicable because of the the temperature, but a few years ago, I wrote this, this Kindle book that was on, on mindset challenges. And one of them was about getting into the sauna and kind of getting hot. But at that time, um, I was kind of like thinking makeshift options. And, uh, my friends and I kind of came up with the idea of like the hot car in the middle of the summer as a way to have like a sauna, sort of like (laughs) hot box your car into this, this sweaty sauna. So, um, I guess depending on where people are listening into, they may have like enough sun that their car is getting hot. You could actually use that as like a way to. Yeah. And then they get the hot. vitamin D too, which is a nice combo. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the. Uh, I've seen there's some, um, there's like at home saunas, like you can, you can wear like a sauna bag. Have you seen those before? Oh yeah, that's true yeah. too. Yeah, there's, there are. Um, I, I've heard pretty good things about some of them. Um Oh, yeah. from other you know other wellness guru kind of people they they find them to be pretty effective actually so yeah you could do that um what else i i think like that's where nutrition is so important right now and and drinking lots of water and even you know even considering the quality of the water depending on where somebody's at is uh is important for helping with that detox process and um, yeah, those will be the main things if you're not into, or if it's time where you don't want to exercise, because exercise is kind of going to be the, the easiest solution for most of us to start sweating. For sure. For sure. And probably the best. Yeah, definitely. Still, it would be the best too. Um, yeah. I, I've kind of been saying 
you know, the caveat there is people, I don't really recommend doing anything that's going to get you hurt at this point um, or anything too risky. So yeah. keep it safe and, yeah. and uh, pain-free when it comes to exercise right now so that, yeah, you're uh, not, for one, not, imp- you know, our, our healthcare system's already burdened enough, so you don't need to kind of add fuel to that fire, but also uh, you, you personally don't want to be going to the hospital or something no not at all yeah um yeah i think that's it's really um all i can think about at this point cool yeah me too awesome so where uh, i guess where can people find you or get connected um, to you best thing would be through instagram biohack team feel free to direct message if you have any questions or need some tips and things like that yeah Awesome. And also everybody, you know, depending on where people are at, or if you're passing through, definitely check out Float Valley in Markham. It's an amazing float center and, and just wellness spa overall. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think that's, that's it. Thanks Nadim. Awesome. Thanks RJ. You're welcome. Yeah. So I'll hopefully touch base again soon and talk to you later. Sounds good. Great talking to you. Cool. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Flowcast. Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube for the video version and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to connect the podcast to those who will find value in it. Hit the share button and send this episode to a friend or two. And a big thanks as always to FlowSpa for making it possible for us to keep making this podcast. Flow Spa is Peterborough's float therapy and sports recovery center, dedicated to providing the ultimate relaxation experience. Whether you need physical relief from pain or a deep state of mental relaxation and calm, or even the best sports recovery methods to help you recover from your training, Flow Spa is where you can find your flow. This episode is also sponsored by Flow Academy. Sign up for the free wellness challenge week at flowacademy.ca.